Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Colby Robertson, joined alongside once again by Jacob Sawyers, as we are going to be recapping the Miami-Virginia Tech game. Virginia Tech has now reached its bye week, um, but they were not able to reach it, uh, being able to lift themselves up. Instead, the Hokies go into the bye week, uh, losing four games in a row. They are now two and five, uh, and they're going to look to lick their wounds and come back uh, stronger, though they are going to be against NC State with assumedly Devin Leary back on Thursday. Uh, Miami going ahead and pulling off the win. Uh, now, with that being said, before we actually delve into it as a whole, uh, Jacob, I figured that you were at the game. Um, what what did you make uh, make of it? Just kind of uh, just watching the game. I mean, yes, I was at the game. Got there early, and I mean, we had an energetic Virginia Tech crowd at the start of the game. I will say that. I mean, beautiful weather on Saturday, a great vibe going in, inner Sandman, great as always. But it just felt that, you know, from the first Virginia Tech offensive possession, it was just, it, it was deflated from the jump. I mean, we start the game off, Malachi Thomas rips a nice 15-yard first down run, and then we go to Daquan Wright, who picks up 25, 30 yards, and then a turnover just like that. And I really don't know if that sold out Lane Stadium recovered after that. It was it was it was very fun, and we were very excited to to get the dub. But it uh, it just didn't did not work out that way. I, I think it's less the fact that there was the fumble, more the fact that Van Dyke within a minute after the fumble was able to lead Miami to a touchdown. Absolutely. So it, it, it went from Virginia Tech's offense driving down the field to Miami just scorching earth. Uh, and being able to get a score right off the turnover. But, yeah, I mean, to, to be completely honest, from watching the game, it was kind of an ugly game um, on both sides. <laughs> like, uh, I, I will say uh, Van Dyke looks a lot better this week. Uh, I will also say that Colby Young, the leading receiver for Miami, looks really, really good. Uh, I was really impressed with what Colby Young was able to put together on the field. Only his second game of the season, too. Uh, his last game was against UNC, three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if he was coming off an injury or not, but the sophomore put up one heck of a performance. Uh, really liked what I saw from him uh, from that perspective. Um, aside of that, I mean, uh, you know, we'll find it interesting. We'll delve into it. But Virginia Tech, as you said, it was really outside of that first offensive drive. BT had nothing going for it offensively. Uh, it was really – Honestly, kind of sad to watch, uh, I think, from any any perspective, because it was, it was just bad football, period. It was not fun to watch whatsoever. Uh, and then you kept going. And then in the fourth quarter, it's almost like the Virginia Tech team finally realized, uh, oh, we can play football. Um, then they got two touchdowns, but it was too little too late. Um, and Miami pulled it out with that six-point win. Now, granted, I think this is a good thing to note for Virginia Tech. This is the closest defeat it has had in its four-game losing streak, but that's also not saying much when your other three games were blowouts. So, technically, I guess they covered the spread, but that does not matter. Um, we'll go ahead and start, I think, with probably one of the brighter notes for Virginia Tech is the fact that they were, generally speaking, able to shut down the run game. I believe they only got 100. Uh, Miami only got 107 yards on the ground. 
uh, with their lead back Knighton having 10 carries for 27 yards. So yet again, Miami not having a great day on the ground. Uh, no, you're you're correct. I mean, after coming off that pick game, giving up 320 yards to Israel Abanacanda, uh, I, I was grateful and uh, happy to see those Hokies shut down Jalen Knight. And like you said, only 27 yards on the ground. But where they were able to focus in and stop the run game, they just were not able to stop that Van Dyke to Colby Young hookup. I mean, Young picking up nine receptions for 110 yards. So, I mean, it was it was just a pick-your-poison kind of game, going from last week at Pitt with the run game beating the Hokies down uh, to on Saturday when Van Dyke thrown for 350, two touchdowns. Uh, it, was, it, 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 was, it was tough to watch, like you said. Uh, we were able – I thought the, that Virginia Tech was able to make some stops there on, uh, on third down in the second half especially, only giving up three points in the second half. But for the most part, that Tech defense was uh, – was rendered uh, defenseless in the secondary when Van Dyke wanted to wanted to go deep. Yeah, definitely. I believe some uh, recent injuries have not uh, been beneficial for the secondary of Virginia Tech, and hopefully some of those guys can be uh, healthy and ready to go coming out of the bye. Um, but ultimately, and I think this is a continued trend as well, but if you go and look at the team stats, ladies and gentlemen, on ESPN, uh, Virginia Tech, continuing to do well with limiting its penalties in big games. Uh, they were having a really bad issue with that. I believe it was the West Virginia game and the ODU game. They had really bad issues with it. And ever since, they've reduced it by a lot. This game, they only had six. But a really telling thing, which is really, you know, a, a, a bad sign for this team. I don't remember, uh, I don't think all these were on their offensive line. I think there's a good bit that was defensive. Uh, Miami had 17 penalties for 159 yards. So Miami was trying to lose this game in a sense, quote unquote, and Virginia Tech still was not able to capitalize. And we'll talk about two key drives for that VT offense. But the, the, the fact that Miami racked up that many penalty yards and Virginia Tech wasn't even closer, I think it's kind of crazy. I agree. I mean, I think it's telling that I mean, a first year coach in Brent Pry, and it just seems like when the team that team learns how to how to mend one issue. They're just making new mistakes. I mean, you talked about the penalty not really being uh, that much of an issue this game, only giving up, I believe it was 54 yards in penalties. 56, yeah, 56, 56 on six. But uh, I mean, finding new finding new issues and uh, new new ways on offensively. They did not get the the ball going with the run game. I mean, we had the uh, passing issues that I'm sure you're going to bring up here in a few only 257 yards total offensively. I mean, it was yeah. just uh, – there, there were just a lot of new mistakes made that the, these Hokies are going to have to hone in on going into the bye week. Yeah, and I think the, uh, another positive note, because, you know, this is not fully negatives for this game, uh, of mm -hmm. course, for the Virginia Tech side. Uh, I think Malachi Thomas did well again. Now, granted, uh, it, was, it was a lot more contested. It seems like that Miami D-line was really doing well. Um, but Thomas, again, averaging a little bit over three yards a carry. Um, you can say that that's not great, and I think that that's fair to say. However, I think it is fair to realize that the sophomore is coming off that injury still, and the O-line, in, in fairness, wasn't able to create for him too much room. So I think it's good, uh, the, the effort that he was able to get, um, or effort he was able to put in with what he was given. But not only that, Malachi Thomas definitely being the best player on offense that day because he was also the leading receiver for the team. Six receptions, 43 mm -hmm. yards, 
including the first touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter for Virginia Tech. Um, really solid performance by Malachi all around, and it seems like it's just going to be a great benefit uh, to have him back, which wasn't much of a surprise. No, Thomas is a gamer. I mean, it's it's fun watching him on the field. I mean, we saw him line up at wideout a couple of times during the game. I mean, we saw him get that nice touchdown grab in the fourth quarter. And at times, especially when that first drive of the game, he had a nice a, a nice run on the first play from scrimmage. So uh, he's mm-hmm. a gamer. He likes making plays. And when he's on the field, uh, the offense, uh, albeit has been weak all year long, but they make he makes uh, he makes a big difference overall so before we delve into i think uh talking about something that we're, we're used to talking about with uh virginia tech's offense at this point i'm I, I i do need to bring up two drives that ultimately cost virginia tech the game uh now the first drive that cost them the game as we already mentioned was the literal first drive of the game uh where virginia tech looked electric uh, they were doing really well. And then Daquan Wright caught the ball and fumbled it on his way down. Miami recovered. And then within a minute, they went and scored. Now, I, I, I think that that's not a reason to, sh- you know, go and shy away from Daquan Wright. In fact, he actually was not shied away from after that moment. I don't see how many times he was thrown to, but, uh, you know, three receptions, 37 yards. Uh, I believe he was targeted a good bit more than, you know, the three. I think he was targeted a good bit by Grant Wells. So Daquan Wright getting a, a lot more usage, uh, something that we were talking about. Uh, so good to see that shine, but the fumble really did hurt. Absolutely. I mean, it was one of those plays. It's a great football play made by the Miami secondary. And it's one thing to fumble on the first drive. It's a little bit demoralizing. But then it's what yeah. you said. I mean, just letting Tyler Van Dyke cut through this Virginia Tech defense like like a knife on butter. And I mean, he, you know, four or five passes in and they're already in the end zone within a minute. I mean, it, it was it was a blink and it was 7-0. So that's just one way to completely shift the momentum of the game. I mean, you start – like we said, with inner Sandman, you start with just an electric sold-out crowd going bananas, and then 30 yards from scrimmage in, uh, in no time for that Virginia Tech offense. You think that things are turning around, and then it just uh, a complete a complete momentum shift uh, early on in the game that I don't think the Hokies ever recovered from fully. And the second drive that I want to talk about, I'm going to see if I can find it. I know what quarter it's in. Um, but the, the drive uh, that I'm going to be referring to uh, was one where the, there was a deep ball thrown uh, by Grant Wells. Maybe this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be it might be this drive in the third quarter, uh, which started with Grant Wells completing one to Nick Gallo. I don't quite remember exactly which drive it was. Again, I only know that it was in the third quarter. Uh, ult- yeah, it doesn't even say, you know, for a couple times who uh, Grant Wells completed to, but I digress. Um, what happened was Grant Wells, I will say, and, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk more about him, but uh, he did slightly underthrow the receiver, but it wasn't by a lot. Dwayne Lofton should have caught that ball. He was behind multiple defenders. It was a little bit underthrown, but not like egregiously. It's just something where he didn't leave Dwayne Lofton with the ball. And if Lofton uh, would have, you know, caught that rather than 
axing upon what he's going to do after he catches the ball. Uh, that would have been the first six for Virginia Tech, and that alone would have won them the game. I think that's a lot more of an egregious error, uh, particularly from a little bit more of a veteran and a sophomore in Dwayne Lofton. But I do also have to say that not only has Lofton been relatively consistent this season, um, but he's also kind of been getting his work wrapped up a little bit more. And granted, the receiving core losing a lot of the talent that it had, he originally wouldn't have been wide receiver two this year. Uh, you know, given if one of the guys uh, hadn't have left, he'd probably be wide receiver three, wide receiver four. No, I mean, Dwayne Lofton's made plays all year long, and he's had some good games thus far. And on this play, even he makes a good a good move on the corner, and the safety undercuts the ball to where I mean he's he has a walk in touchdown if he catches it, and it hit the ball hits him right under the chest. And like you said, it was underthrown slightly by Wells, but I mean when you're a, a power five ACC Division one wide receiver, I mean, that's a ball you have to catch, and that's a ball that if you catch, you get up set you put seven more points on the board then you're not scrambling the last five six seven minutes of the game to come back from uh, a nearly uh, impossible and insurmountable deficit yeah I believe it would have made it a 17 to 7 score line and then of course if things ran the same way that it did in the fourth quarter uh Virginia Tech would have been able to pull it out but yeah I mean you know it's kind of one of the things where Lofton obviously is going to want that back but Mm-hmm. You know, uh, really, really unfortunate. Uh, two just absolutely brutal uh, mistakes that uh, cost Virginia Tech two of their unfortunately only good offensive drives. As the rest of the time, uh, Van Dyke had his own issues as well, but ultimately Van Dyke was mostly on the money. So there's not much to say on his end. I mean, he had 351 yards and two touchdowns. You're not going to be saying much in that regards. But both quarterbacks were a little bit inaccurate, uh, but Grant Wells, it felt a little bit more egregiously so. There, there felt like there was at least, at least, a, you know, I, I, probably half of his in, uh, uh, incompletions were just passes that he missed, right? I agree. I mean, there were plays, too, where uh, he just wasn't able to get some of the, I mean, his wide receiver one, Caleb Smith, who's coming off of a 100-plus yard game. And I see here, I mean, he had three receptions for 26 yards, and he yep. he just wasn't able, when he targeted him, to put the ball where Smith needed it to be in tight coverage. And even just some um, some regular uh, slants, you know, the routes where guys are open and you just have to put it right in that uh, right in their hands, he just wasn't able to do that, especially uh, especially in the first half, really. He was able to yeah. buckle down closer to the end of the game. But, yeah, that first half, we were seeing some some clear misses from number six. Yeah, and, I mean, with how the season's gone, with a lot of the pressure that he has to take and whatnot, I will say it's, I think, definitely understandable some of the struggles that are still there. Of course, also taking that jump from Marshall to Virginia Tech is going to do it. Um, but I still think it's, it's, it's really hard to watch some of the decision-making. Um, because there's there's times where, as you mentioned, you'll you'll get one of those uh, players open and he's just not going to throw. Um, it'll be too late, or uh, he has a player wide open. There was a couple times during that game where he had a player wide open. I think he got outside of the pocket, but then rather than actually throwing it to the open man, it's like he didn't trust his own arm and he decided to run, and it just led to nothing. So I don't know. There was. There, there are some times where ultimately th- there's just mistakes that can't be made like that that could have possibly changed things a little bit. 
Um, it's, it's definitely not his worst day, um, but definitely one where um, against the defense in Miami's that is not the most stout. I mean, realize they gave up 45 points at home in Middle Tennessee. Um, it, it's something where you've got to be able to do a little bit more. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a game that Wells is going to want, that wish he had back, especially at a time when Virginia Tech needed a win. I mean, at two and four before the bye week, you'd feel a lot better about the remaining schedule going three and four as opposed to two and five. Uh, so Wells is going to have have to do some some studying, some reflecting, watch some film, and just hone in on his craft. I mean, we knew coming into the year that this was going to be. Uh, you know, the tail of the tape for some of these games, uh, the Miami the Miami game, uh, a couple others, North Carolina maybe. Uh, so, I mean, there, this is just one where, you, like you said, you lick your wounds, you get back up and uh, move forward and see if Wells can uh, can develop from this point on. Yeah. Uh, with that all being said, though, we'll look at one last thing. But uh, firstly, Miami, uh, moving past today, uh, they have games against Duke, Virginia, um, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and Pitt. Uh, I think a few of those are definitely winnable for the Hurricanes. The side that uh, originally I thought was uh, going to top the Coastal. I don't know if I feel that way about them now. I've been feeling a lot stronger about UNC over the past few weeks. Um, but we'll see what happens there. We'll see if UNC's defense really does kind of let it down at some point. Uh, but for Virginia Tech going into the bye week, they come right out of it and play the Wolf Pack. Uh, in Raleigh and then outside of that you've got Georgia Tech Duke uh, in oh gosh did I messed it up I don't think I did uh, no they're in Durham yeah so Duke and Durham uh, unless I'm missing it up uh, then they've got a road trip to Liberty and then they have their final game at Lane Stadium uh, I did mess it up why am I doubting myself <laughs> no, that's right. uh, Final at Lane uh, to play UVA, and uh, you and I were talking about this before, but I don't see many wins on this uh, remaining schedule for Virginia Tech, assuming things don't change for the better. No, I do see this as an opportunity for Brent Pride. Uh, he's talked over and over again about the potential that this team could reach. So these are, I mean, four or five games left on the schedule for Virginia Tech, I mean, win or loss to just – you know, get that for him to get his experience in the ACC Coastal, figure out these teams, figure out what he needs to do with his quarterback, with his personnel, and then just move forward to next year. But I mean, there's there's still going to be some excitement towards the end of the year. UVA is always going to be a battle with that Commonwealth Cup, yeah. and I mean there there are there are bright spots, but uh, yeah, there are there are going to be some tough ones here uh, in the the coming weeks for those Virginia Tech Hokies. Yeah, so ultimately it's going to definitely be hard weeks ahead for Virginia Tech. Things do not get easier. Um, but uh, give them the bye week, they'll get rested up, and then quite possibly they will be back out and we'll see how they'll fare against the Wolfpack, who may or may not be – actually, no, they have the bye week as well, so they should be ranked uh, when we play them. But that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to thank you all very much for listening here to the 3304 Sports Podcast. Uh, Jacob, once again, pleasure to have you on. Um, with that being said, we will probably have a little bit lighter of a schedule this week. I, I don't know. We're trying to we're trying to figure things out behind the scenes. Um, I can tell you we're still going to have those the football picks. I can tell you we're still going to have the questions. Um, but obviously, with Virginia Tech football not playing this week, uh, we are not going to have a preview and recap. 
Um, so we're, we're looking at some possible other things. Uh, there's been some stuff that we've been cooking in the background and uh, we will be sure to get that out to you uh, as quickly as we can. So that being said, again, thank you all so very much for listening to another episode of the 3304 Sports Podcast. Uh, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day, uh, whatever time it is.